All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. We have episode 53 here. Um, You know, I'm feeling like it's that really weird time of the summer where there's just a lot of dead storylines in sports. Like, we talk about the smallest things because there's not a lot of exciting things happen. And I really think that's just because it's not football season. Like, football season is truly the most exciting time of the year for sports. I know we're in the NBA Finals right now, and I'm, of course, going to talk a little bit about that. But um, there's just not a ton of exciting things happening. But that's okay because... I will still get into a couple different things today. Um, First of all, I am going to New York City this weekend, or at least I'm supposed to. Hopefully um, nothing happens with my flight here with this tropical storm that is coming up from the south, Tropical Storm Elsa. So hopefully when you're listening to this, I am at least have been on my flight or made my flight or or whatever and was able to get there. Um, I'm going to visit a friend, but I would also love to have the opportunity to fight whoever runs the NYC Gov Twitter account um, and decided to shade Cleveland for literally no reason. There was absolutely no justified reasoning for just throwing that shade in a tweet and saying something to the effect of, you know, the most gloomy days in New York City um, are still better than any day in Cleveland, which is just, first of all, factually incorrect. Cleveland is a beautiful city and has a lot of beautiful days um, and has a lot of benefits to the city. And like, what was the point of that? I feel like that's the oldest joke in the book is just shading Cleveland, putting down Cleveland for no reason to make yourself feel better. It's like a 16-year-old girl in high school who has to put down other people because she's insecure with herself and needs to do that in order to feel better about herself. That's what this reads to me, and I was honestly upset about it for a couple of days because it just felt um, like it didn't need to happen, and then I noticed also on the tweet the engagement that that tweet got compared to every other tweet on that account was insane. I mean, this one had thousands of replies, thousands of likes and retweets. Usually they got about you know, two retweets and 30 likes on uh, your average tweet. So I feel like they were kind of using Cleveland for clout in some ways, which I get it. I mean, we we talk. If someone speaks about our city, we will respond. Uh, so I kind of felt like it was one of those things in a way, but still just completely unnecessary. And I loved that everyone was responding with their beautiful Cleveland sunset pictures or just the great things about our city because it is an awesome place and I love it for what it is. So like I said, going to New York this weekend, I would love to fight whoever runs that Twitter account. Like I will be there. Uh, hopefully, like I said, weather permitting, um, I will be there and ready to take you on. So I had to start with that because it's just been weighing very heavy on my heart. Um, I do also want to get quickly into Shakari Richardson, which has kind of been the biggest news as we have the Olympics coming up here soon, uh, coming up here really quickly, actually. And I'm really excited for them, excited to watch um, the women's gymnastics, especially because it's always so much fun to watch, even though I don't understand like the rules and how they give the different ratings, but it's still enjoyable and you just know that they're good at it. Um, But the Olympics has also brought in some disappointing news here with Shakari Richardson, um, female sprinter, not able to run because she tested for um, having weed in her system. And it's super unfortunate. 
It's especially unfortunate because of how many states it is legal to smoke weed in our country in the state that she ran her trials in. It was legal. Um, obviously, she wasn't high while running. This was, you know, a previous moment of smoking and it was still obviously stays in your in your system for some time. Um, but super unfortunate. I thought she did a great job in her interviews of taking full accountability. She didn't blame anyone. She said she knew what she did um, and it was her mistake and that she is hoping to come back better than ever for the next Olympics. Um, And a lot of people, I feel like, are changing the narrative around this, that somehow she was asking for an exception. And she certainly did not. If you listen to what she said, um, she was very accountable for her actions. She knew there were consequences to them. And she stayed, you know, positive for the future. Um, And I hope that we do get to see her run again because uh, obviously even before this, this happened, people were just very interested in her in general. She has, you know, an electric personality and she's exciting to watch. And obviously she's also just super freaking fast. So um, people were looking forward to seeing her run and I'm really disappointed that we won't get to. Um, but I do respect her a lot for, um, not blaming anyone, even though it sucks and it sucks that it's a rule. It, it does feel like there needs to be maybe some changes in that, but I know the Olympic rules are so insanely strict, um, and so crazy. I mean, there's certain people who could be disqualified if you ate a certain type of meat that had something in it, you know, like maybe some sort of, some sort of like steroid or something in the meat from when it was, you know, however that process works. I I can't even use the right words for it because I'm not sure how that that goes down, but it's crazy what people can get in trouble for um, in the Olympics. So I'm really sad to see that she's not going to be there representing us, but hopefully we can get some wins. You know, we've got the men's basketball team recently uh, announced Kevin Love will be playing. Um, I really don't have words for that because, you know, he didn't obviously do anything for us in this past season, which was very disappointing. He was injured the majority of the time, and now he's magically able to play in the Olympics. Um, the only reason I do think this could be beneficial for the Cavs is if he does really well in the Olympics and we could potentially work out some type of trade to get his salary off of our our salary cap right now because it is really hindering our ability to grow right now and rebuild our team when you have to pay a Kevin Love who really isn't producing for you in the way that he used to. I love Kevin Love for what he has been for us in the past, but there comes a time where we have to move on and do what's best to actually grow and make something happen in the future. We've got the third pick in the draft coming up here, another major opportunity to rebuild. There's rumors that we might be trading up to one to get Cade Cunningham. Um, Rumors circulating about that. So we have an opportunity here to really make some growth. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think having Kevin Love on our team still is going to allow us to do that. So I hope he has an outstanding performance in the Olympics and that maybe, um, you know, the Nets who are at the top of his list him and everyone else, um, he can maybe join the the injured crew over there, and uh, we can we can get that all that big money away from us. Um, but like I said, super pumped for the Olympics overall. Uh, hopefully, there will be some interesting storylines. I'm sure there will be that we will be able to talk about in the coming weeks. Okay, next, I quickly want to get into 
um, Otani. So he, I mean, if you are living under a rock, sorry, that's the phrase I always use. I really need to come up with a new phrase. Um, but he has made baseball so much fun. He, the sport needed somebody like him. I've been saying that for, I feel like a long time of just searching for these stars in baseball that we could connect to and that people felt um, excited to watch. We just really haven't had that much in a while other than the occasional guy, but he feels like he is that guy. Um, He is the first player to ever make the All-Star game as both a pitcher and a hitter, which is absolutely incredible. He's obviously been phenomenal at both, and I believe he is hitting in the Home Run Derby as well. So he's got a busy, busy time ahead of him here. But I've enjoyed even just watching clips of him on on Twitter. I I don't necessarily watch a lot of baseball, um, but definitely keeping up with it on social media, seeing what he's been doing has been really exciting. And I think that, like I said, the exact thing that the sport needed. Okay, next I would like to get into the NCAA athletes. So last time I was kind of briefly mentioning the ruling that went through the Supreme Court and how it was just kind of like, all right, now we wait till something happens and boy, something is happening now. So athletes, um, I think it was like Thursday last week, were officially able to start making money off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, which is awesome. I have seen just so many posts on social media. There's one guy who's a a Marshall football player who can now, um, he's doing like shows. Uh, I think he's a singer or a guitar player, which I don't even know how he couldn't do that before. That's crazy to me um, that there might have been some rule that prohibited him from doing that. Um, Just players already signing contracts. There's a lot of female athletes even who have massive social media platforms already and are signing these big deals and are able to profit finally off of, you know, this time in their life where they um, have this different spotlight on them that they're not going to have once they're not in college anymore. So it's super exciting. Um, my, My only concern going into all of this is I'm really afraid that some of them are going to jump into things really quickly and maybe get into some bad contracts that might not necessarily be um, the best thing for them or could hurt them in the long run. Um, so I hope that they all have people that in their lives or you know just contacts that are advising them on the best way to do it because I feel like down the pipeline we're going to hear some bad stories of bad deals people got into. Um, it was funny. Someone had, well, not funny, but someone had tweeted um, asking what previous collegiate athletes would have benefited most from this new ruling. Um, and someone had said Braxton Miller. And I just really reflect on when he was the quarterback at Ohio State and just what a big name he was and how much people loved and adored him and how much money he could have made off of his name at that time. I mean, he just... He gave his life to Ohio State football and never really got the same in return from it, um, which is super unfortunate. And I think he could have done really well had he had that opportunity. Um, I mean, there's countless athletes that had great collegiate careers and were meant a lot to their school and then just never really made it professionally. I mean, even you could look at a Cardell Jones who actually um, spoke at one of the 
rulings with, I don't know what the actual word for it is, but um, it was with Mike DeWine on the NCAA athletes. And, you know, I think about what he meant to Ohio State even for that short period of time that he was there. He could have made so much money at that moment off of his name, image, and likeness. I'm sure he's made a little bit after the fact, but not nearly as much as you can make when you're in that moment. Um, And he, you know, coming off that stretch of beating uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, going on to beat Alabama, and then winning the national championship against Oregon. I mean, imagine the amount of money he could have made after that. It's crazy to think about. Um, And I'm just excited for these athletes. It's been frustrating to watch them really be the only people on the planet. It feels like not the planet, but in the United States of America who could not profit off of what they were doing or really just like so restricted in every single way. Um, And you have these coaches making millions of dollars a year and the players are just sitting there when they could be you know, making money to send back home to their family. I've already seen so many posts about this on, you know, the number of players that are going to be able to send money back home to their families who are struggling and help them out. Um, You have even certain players already starting to commit to providing for different charities and different causes that are important to them. So there's a lot of good that's going to come out of this too um, because, you know, these guys want to make an impact. Of course, they want to make money for themselves, but um, at the end of the day, they also want to help their communities, their college towns, and those sort of things. And they'll be able to do that with having actually a little bit of control over their lives um, that they did not have before. So I'm excited to see what happens. Like I said, I just hope they don't get into any trouble, (laughs) any bad contracts, any bad trouble. Just um, consult good people. (laughs) That's all I have to say on that. Okay, quickly want to get into Bucks and Suns. So we've got the NBA Finals happening. Um, Game one just happened the other day. I am recording this, well, I think literally at this moment it is 9 p.m. So game two is is starting. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Game one, you know, it pretty much feels like I don't want to jinx the Suns, but it felt like after that, the Suns are, are about to take this. Um, I don't know. The Bucks, the Bucks did not look great in that first game. And I would truly be excited for either team. I think these are these are fan bases that want it want it. I've had a you know a lot of fun watching those fans get invested um, in it. I know how much it means <laughs> from experience on when you make it to this point and how exciting that is. Um, the one thing I do got to say about the Suns, though, I was like full on into the Suns and four. I'm like, let's go. And the Suns and four guy has taken it way too far. The guy who, if you haven't seen the video, he yelled out and held up four fingers and said Suns and four after beating up some guy in the stands. It was a legendary moment, and now he's taken it way too far. He's signing autographs. I believe someone said he's on Cameo. It's just out of control, and I am no longer into it. I do not subscribe anymore to the Suns and Four mantra, the Suns and Four ideology. I am over it. Um, He needs to take a chill pill and relax. I know he wants his 15 minutes of fame, but like, 
the you know seventy five dollar cameo and the having people buy you your signed Suns jerseys like I just I cannot handle it so I'm I'm done. Um, I still love and respect the Suns fans, uh, but you know my my allegiance isn't as for, far there as it was previous to this guy going absolutely bonkers. So we'll see what happens, but I do think um, just after watching Game One, it feels like the Suns are going to take it. We'll see what happens. Okay, couple more topics for um, the rest of the episode. I want to get into um, a little bit of Baker and then the Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols situation at ESPN. So starting off with Baker, um, there's just been, I feel like I talk about this every episode, but there's been an excessive amount of Baker Mayfield slander um, throughout the national media lately. And I understand that they have to talk about it and different people have to take different perspectives. I am not going to be the person to sit here and hate on the media for talking about something because that's literally their job. Like they're supposed to compare quarterbacks and talk about quarterbacks and talk about the different you know, perspectives of who is better and, you know, one person needs to take a side. We can't have everyone agreeing with each other. And I totally get that. So I'm not hating on that. But sometimes it feels like it's just a pile on with Baker and people, people act like he is the worst quarterback in the league, that he didn't break a rookie touchdown record in 2019, that he didn't have an incredible second half of the season last year and help the Browns win their first playoff game in a million years. Um, People just act like that's really easy to do or that it had nothing to do with Baker Mayfield. And I know he has had great weapons surrounding him, but it's not like he's not had any um, adversity or you know, anything to work through. Even last season, which was a great season, you have OBJ going down. Other guys have to step up. I mean, he was learning a new offense last year. There's a lot that he had to get through to play the way he did. So acting like he is just somehow not the guy for us right now is absolutely insane. And I go back and forth on the Baker extension all the time. I've talked about it on here Um, or not the extension, but signing, you know, a a new deal here. And um, I really before thought that Baker plays better with a chip on his shoulder, so we should wait till next year to sign him, um, you know, a bigger deal here once his rookie deal is up. Um, I'm starting to lean towards the end, though, of maybe we get it done because, you know, we're going to have some salary cap issues next year and you're going to have him being, you know, compared to the other quarterbacks in his quarterback class, the Lamar Jacksons and the Josh Allens, who are most likely going to be getting paid more than him. And then they set that bar and the Browns kind of have to, you know, get maybe pay more than they wanted to. Um, and we do have to worry about those things. So I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards let's get a deal done, but I don't know what Andrew Barry is thinking right now. What I do know though is that um, pretending like Baker Mayfield is just some extremely mediocre quarterback I think is is pretty ridiculous um, for what he did last season and and the offense that he ran last season. Um, I think people just want to make it seem like um, 
I'm sorry, when I said his rookie season earlier, I meant 2018, not 2019. 2019 was the rougher year. Um, people focus on 2019, which was his his not so good year, but that was also the Freddie Kitchens year. Um, 2018 was his rookie touchdown record, um, and he had a great year that year. So I just think we need to um, look at Baker Mayfield through a different lens when it comes to the national media because they are they are acting like he is something that he is not. And I'm just not here for that. We need to start respecting him more. Um, and I know we here in Cleveland very much respect him and we want him to be the guy. We want to see him succeed and we think that he's going to succeed. And that's all that we can continue to do until a deal is actually signed at some point. Okay, I feel like I rambled a lot there, but I just get really heated when I start talking about people saying mean things to Baker Mayfield. I'm just, I'm not here for that. Okay, so last topic I want to quickly touch on is the Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols situation. So if you haven't seen what went down um, last summer, Rachel Nichols was in the NBA bubble for the playoffs, and she unknowingly recorded a phone, I think it was a phone conversation that she was having um, with, I don't even know who who the guy was, but there was some relation of him to to players in the NBA, I believe LeBron being one of them. Um, I'm not sure what his actual title or his role was, but she was confiding in this guy about um, what she thought to be ESPN giving Maria Taylor um, a job of hers in the NBA playoffs because uh, they needed to work on their diversity issues as an organization and so that they were going to put Maria over her because of that reason. That's a summary of what she said. Um, It was a a bit of a longer conversation, but um, that was kind of the gist of what people are discussing at this point now. Um, Since that point, Rachel Nichols is not on the sidelines for the NBA Finals right now. They have given that role to Malika Andrews because um, I think that was the right move because it's been incredibly distracting. If you were to have her there interacting with Maria Taylor, that would obviously become the storyline. And as reporters and as analysts and journalists, you are not supposed to be the storyline. You are supposed to report on what is happening and that would probably take away from the finals and what the players are doing on the court. So I think that was certainly the right move to make. Um, I think what upset me most um, from listening to this conversation was, I guess, just Rachel Nichols' assumption that the reason Maria was getting whatever opportunity was because of race. Um, and that is super unfair to Maria because I know as a fan of watching different personalities in sports media, Maria Taylor is one of my personal favorites. I think she does a really great job. She offers insightful opinions on what is happening. She covers you know, college football. I believe she did a Monday night football game last year. She does NBA, so she, she covers the whole gamut, and I've always really enjoyed listening to her, her commentary, um, what she adds to the conversation, and I think many people in sports media really looked at her as a rising star, as someone who is going to lead um, ESPN or another network as, as time goes on and be really at the top for a while because of her talent. So it's super unfair 
Um, and I'm sure that was really hurtful. I, I mean, I would think about that from my perspective. If if someone told me I got my job for a reason that wasn't me being good at my job, that would hurt. If you had a coworker saying that about you, that's really painful. And I feel like that had to be really painful for Maria to hear her coworker saying that about her. Um, because I think most people would agree that Maria is just really freaking good at her job. Um, and she rightfully earned her way moving up the ladder over many, many years in the sports media industry. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, I feel bad that she had to hear um, someone talking like that um, and someone that she probably had thought was kind of on her side. And I just really, as someone who like still has dreams of, of working in sports media in some facet, I'm obviously doing this podcast. I really want to constantly remind myself that it's it's important to lift other women up um, and not have it just be there this only there can only be one mentality of you've got a, a panel of men and then you have one woman at that panel um, and that you have to battle and fight every other woman for that position. Um, I think what's more powerful is if you can you know really encourage, having more women at that table and more women at that panel rather than you know acting like there can only be one and encouraging other people to to take on those roles so that you can grow the opportunities for women and for women of color in the sports industry and it's something I try to you know, obviously I haven't quite made it in the industry yet, but as someone who, who thinks about it and dreams of that, I try to remind myself of that, that it's really important to do that and you should not tear um, other people down in that way because it's not going to help you um, in the long run because you're not creating more opportunities then and it's not going to help other women because you're not creating more opportunities for the people coming after you. Uh, so I think that's just a good reminder for Everyone in any industry, um, don't don't tear other people down. It's just it's not going to help. Um, it doesn't benefit anyone. Do your job and and work hard and do the best you can. If someone gets a promotion over you, of course, you know in many companies, I'm sure there could be screwy reasons for that happening but you just have to to keep going and and tearing other people down about it is not going to help you or make you look good at all it just makes you look bitter it doesn't make you look like a team player and I know from the perspective of of sports media you have to be a team player it's a running those productions is like a team sport and if you're you're not then you're just bringing everyone else down so I, I don't know what's going to happen from here with them um, if they're going to be able to work it out I know Maria's contract was coming to an end soon so I'm interested to see if she'll be continuing at ESPN if she will move somewhere else because I'm sure every single other network would be biting at the chance to get her uh, maybe a, a Fox Sports or or someone else um, so we'll see what happens in regards to that but um, I just hope that Maria is able to find peace in all of this that people do think she's really good at her job and that she's not just getting things for for the color of her skin because that couldn't be further from the truth I think she's a true talent and someone I've looked up to in the industry um, and I hope she continues to you know, be in this in this world if it's at ESPN or somewhere else. I hope she she continues at it because she's awesome. Okay, well that is all I have today. Um, wish me luck on my 
flight <laughs> if it happens tomorrow. Um, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.